Hi everyone, it's Melissa Pemberton here, host of Mending Families, where we will talk all things parenting, trauma, and healing. On the very first episode of Mending Families, I have none other than my amazing husband, the father to my children, John Pemberton. I'm excited for you guys to hear John share his heart and his thoughts on parenting, the journey he's gone on, and how he has learned that we don't have to parent the way we were parented just because, that we can learn new ways. Stay till the very end because he shares some great resources, some things I hadn't even heard about that I think you will all find really helpful. All right, you guys, here we go. First episode, welcome, John Pemberton. Welcome, John, to Mending Families. I'm so excited to say that because you're my first guest. Yay! Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, yeah. So before we jump into all the things, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, I'm married to you. Oh, yeah. That that is super (laughs) exciting. Uh, We have been married for almost 15 years. It'll be 15 years in May. And we have four lovely children ranging from our oldest, who is 22 and out of the house and living her best life, all the way down to our five-year-old. So we have kind of run the the spectrum of kids and ages. Um, I currently work at a university working with college kids, kind of in the, in the world of social work case management. Uh, the majority of my career and experience is working with children, specifically in um, children who've uh, been in abusive situations. So a social worker through child protective services and in the foster care world, licensing foster homes, and then kind of supervising um, the licensors in the foster uh, of foster homes in our region. And so most of my experience is in kind of child welfare. Um, I have a degree in elementary education, and then I have a master's degree in theology. Um, so, well, that all makes sense with social work. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right. I, you know, it's social justice, it's all related. Yeah, sure, uh, sure, sure. You know. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, so you mentioned we've been married for 15 years. Yep. Um, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about going back to that point when we first got married. You joined a family because I had Haley. Haley was six, seven, seven when we got married. Yep. Six when we started dating. Um, and so you joined a family. You stepped in as the dad role um, when there was already rules and systems and you know we had things in place already so I would love for you just to talk a little bit about how that was for you yeah I mean I I've shared with you pretty openly that prior to meeting you I had never really thought or considered like oh I'll marry a single mom or I will marry into a a family you know with children um, but when I met you and when I met, I was daughter, just so hot. And attractive. I mean, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. Um, I was desperate, but I was, but also you were, <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, yeah. It's just not something that had ever really crossed my mind. Not that I had really ruled it out, but I just, I don't know. I just wasn't what I thought. And then of course I met you and I met our daughter and um, I just thought, wow, this is amazing. And this is great. Um, and so it was a very quick learning curve. I, you, you might have to refresh my memory, but I, 
I can remember kind of obviously when things were getting serious, uh, you know, we had some conversations about parenting. I can remember kind of us trying to figure out a balance between like, I didn't want to come in and just all of a sudden be like this authoritarian disciplinarian, like this guy's coming into the house and now he's laying down the rules. But we did also want to kind of establish like that I was a co-equal partner. Therefore, I was going to be parenting. And, you know, that meant like enforcing rules and things like that. And um, I mean, just co-parenting together. So I can remember being, you know, I was pretty intimidated, but at the same time, I was really grateful that you were already doing it. In some ways it was a relief because it was kind of like, she knows how to parent, Mm -hmm. she has a child. I don't. And so I'm Mm -hmm. glad that I have a partner who is doing it already. Yeah. What about when we had Kayana? So Kayana was the first child that we had together. Not, I'm yeah. not telling you you this because you already knew that for our listeners. Um, so what about when we had Kayana? How was that for you knowing I had already done all of the pregnancy, birth, baby stuff, all of that? Yeah, I just remember for the most part being grateful. I don't remember thinking, you know, oh, I wish we shared this moment together for the first time. I remember thinking like, I don't know how to hold a baby. I don't know how to feed a baby. I don't know what you do with a bottle and how you know it's ready. And so I just remember thinking like, this is awesome because I have somebody who knows how to take care of, to take care of babies. I think there were times for sure as we went along and certainly in the course of our marriage and raising kids to this day, probably where we still, there's still moments where it's like, Hey, we need to figure this out together. Not just you've done it before. So you have it the right way. Sure. Yeah. we need to be kind of thinking these things through. There was times probably when I was like, ah, why are you doing that? And, but uh, most of the time, I think I just was pretty grateful that you knew what you were doing. Yeah. Well, not always. <laughs> I thought, at least I thought you knew. <laughs> you thought I knew what I was doing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Come to find out neither of us knew what we were doing. You, you were keeping children alive, which was better than I probably <laughs> thought I was going to do. Sure. Um, okay. So kind of along those same lines, you I know this about you, so I'm saying something that I know to be true, um, that you came into our marriage thinking you would parent one way, thinking maybe that I also shared in parenting a certain way, and then you didn't, and we didn't. So I'm wondering if you could talk about that, talk about the journey of you living your adult life thinking you're going to raise children a certain way and then having it look drastically different maybe even up until today like even how we parent today is so different than how we parented even five years ago yeah I mean it's funny looking back I was I think 26 when we were dating 27 I got Uh so like a little bit older ish but I think also pretty naive and pretty young um And so I wouldn't say that I had given a lot of thought in my whole life, like how I was going to raise kids. Um, But I learned very quickly in a conversation with you that I was bringing stuff to the table that I just had assumed was the case because of the way I was raised, what I was taught. And specifically that involved corporal punishment. Um, That's the fancy word basically for for spanking. I just remember um, sometime during our engagement or during our time dating, we had this conversation and it just kind of came up and I said like, well, of of course we will spank our kids. Of course. And you kind of immediately pushed back on that. And for me, it just wasn't even a thought. It was, it was, it was built into me and I'll kind of explain that in a little bit, but, um, but you know, in, in essence, um, growing up in, in a religious household and a religious system, um, 
banking was almost the equivalent of being a Christian in the world mm-hmm. that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. It was just a non-negotiable. And the the interesting thing about it, I want to be very clear. The interesting thing is that I really didn't get spanked growing up. We've talked about this before, but I can remember, I, I don't ever remember being spanked. There's a kind of a funny story in my family that my dad tells where like I did something when I was probably three or four. My mom told my dad to spank me. And I remember this. I remember going into the bathroom and my dad clapping his hands and telling me to start crying because he didn't want to spank me, but he wanted to, my, my mom, you know, to know that I got spanked. And, and, that's <laughs> and that started my, your you know, acting career. <laughs> that started my acting career. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure there's trauma there somewhere, but I was, I'm appreciative of my dad that he didn't fall. Yeah. Um, I remember on one occasion, my younger brother being spanked, but it just wasn't like, it didn't happen very much. I have almost no memory. And yet what I had gained from going to church my whole life, from being around church culture was that when I'm a parent, you, I will spank my children because that's what a good Christian dad is supposed to do. And so when, when I had that conversation with you and you very quickly kind of put the brakes on that and said, whoa, 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 hold on. We're not spanking our kids it was a pretty kind of a watershed moment for us. It was, it was kind of a big conversation yeah. that I look back on as very pivotal in my life because you, I remember you, you gave me a scenario that for some reason ha- had never even crossed my mind. You said, so let me get this straight. If our children hit another child, the way that we're going to teach them not to hit children is by hitting them. Mm-hmm. And I had just never thought about that. It had never crossed sure. my mind and just planted a little seed. And it wasn't like that night I was like, oh, of yeah. course, but it planted a seed in me that maybe I need to think this through a little bit better. Maybe I need to think this through a little deeper before I jump to conclusions. Yeah. Well, and, and I remember that as well. I remember that I, we have very different upbringings. I also was spanked, but in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure I will share more about that in later episodes. Um, and so for me, that wasn't an automatic. Um, although I did spank Haley when Mm -hmm. she was younger. Um, but as soon as I learned what the, the science says about that, what that was actually doing to her brain, what that was doing and how there's different ways we compare it, I stopped immediately. And Mm -hmm. so I remember us having that conversation. And for me, I was like, oh no, you think that's the only way? And it was yeah. kind of like an eye-opener for me too that, okay, let's talk about this. Again, I, I was young. I didn't have kids. I had this idea in mind, but I will tell you the moment, I mean, number one, the moment I married you and married into, you know, with Haley, it was very clear I wasn't going to be spanking. And then certainly mm-hmm. when I had, when we had our first biological daughter and I held her, it was like, there, of course, there's not a chance in my lifetime I'll ever lay hands on this child, you know, like, mm-hmm. so, so that very mm-hmm. quickly kind of shifted for me that just like this was not an option. But it was really during that time, too, I was working for Child Protective Services. And so I was knee deep in the world of child abuse. I was seeing I was investigating abuse. I was seeing lots of really, you know, really, really unhealthy forms of abuse, often starting with corporal punishment, often starting yeah. with that, but then really escalating. Yeah. And so my worldview kind of shifted, you know, and, and I... I remember I even went to, um, I'll kind of speed this up, but I I went to a a conference called the Children's Justice Conference, and they had a speaker, which I'll reference at the end, but his name was was Victor Veith. And he just gave a presentation on basically corporal punishment, laid out all the facts, and I just started doing research. For me, it was just kind of like I I was hearing one thing from sort of the church world. But then I was hearing the research and the research was just overwhelmingly clear, like from yeah. every possible angle in every country that had done research, corporal punishment is not good. It is not healthy for kids. 
there are so many other ways. And so I guess to answer your question, there was a natural transition that happened where it was like, okay, we're not going to do that. But even then we weren't, we weren't perfect. We're still not perfect. But I think it was really probably, I mean, I don't know, six, seven years into our marriage where you really started studying trust-based relational intervention, TBRI, trauma. We started using that language a lot. I was picking up some of that at work. Um, But that's where we really started getting into, hey, it's not even just about discipline anymore. You know, it's not like I need to discipline my kids. It's really about, uh, what would you say, engaging, right? Engaging with kids. They are are humans. They're real people, real emotions. And I would never go into my work and I would never hit my coworker with a paddle. I would never, we call that assault. If if you hit, if you hit an adult, let alone with a weapon, it's assault. And yet Uh we're doing to children or people are telling us we should do that to little kids as young as two and three years old. It just, it became very clear to me that that was not a route to go. And so I think we just started using a lot of conversation, a lot of let's talk through your feelings. What's going on here? You know, are there other ways to kind of get the point across? And we, I have just found that to be really effective. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit, because I think culture and you've referenced, you know, you both, you and I were raised in the church, different Mm -hmm. upbringings. And so different perspectives of how the church is involved in our lives from a faith-based perspective or, or a religious perspective, I should say, or even from a cultural perspective, yeah. oftentimes dads are seen as they are the disciplinarians. They are the ones like you're afraid of dad. Like don't let dad know, wait till dad gets home. Yeah. You definitely are not that you yeah. are one of the kindest men that I know. Um, I'm oh, so lucky. Very kind of you, thank you. Let's talk about that because I think that, we need to address that and how that can actually cause more harm than good. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there. There's a couple of things that come to mind. First of all, is that one thing I've really embraced over the last, you know, almost 15 years of being married and and parenting is that uh, no two families are exactly alike. And and so there's a lot of cultural pressure at times. We know gender roles, stereotypes, all those things, but there is a lot of pressure. Like, well, this is what a man is supposed to be like. This is supposed to be a woman Uh is supposed to be like, this is their roles. And I think what I've really come to is, hey, you got to do what works within your own family structure. You know, mm-hmm. for me to be true to myself, I mean, I'm going to embarrass myself a little bit here, you know, but I'll, I'll honor my grandma. But um, my nickname growing up, my grandma and my mom called me tender heart, which is, you know, I know Aww. that's about the opposite. I know, I know <laughs> it's very mushy. And I, uh, but I, I say that just to say that for me to be true to who I am, I've never been a, a harsh person. I've never been a yeller. Mm-hmm. I'm not somebody who is easily angered. And that's not because I'm a great human being. That's just like my nature by default. Um, and so I think that that just, it's not something I necessarily had to fight against was like, I, I'm really angry, but I got to dial it back. But I, I guess for me, the, the idea of like the authoritarian or the disciplinarian, when I hear you talk, the word that comes to mind for me is just, is fear. Mm-hmm. I, I would call that fear-based parenting that, that a lot of kids I know grew up, a lot of kids I know are growing up right now, a lot of parents I know are raising their children out of out of fear. And that's this idea that if you don't do what I ask you to do, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a certain amount of obedience. But it really, we know, again, from the research, it just is absolutely terrible in the long run for the emotional mm-hmm. health, the psychological health of children. And so um, I guess for me to combat that stereotype is, you can be a, a quote unquote strong man, but the way that you do that is not by yelling or threatening or being the disciplinarian. You can do that by engaging with your kids, by playing with them, by talking things through. 
And yet they, that doesn't take any sense away from them that my dad is not there to be my protector still. That he doesn't love me. I think that my kids would, I think our kids would still say like, Hey, if it comes down to it, dad is going to fight for us. Dad is going to protect us. That's who I am. There's just other ways to do it. It's completely unnecessary to be an authoritarian fear-based. And I think a lot of it comes from people thinking, if I'm not this way, this is what I was taught growing up. If you're not this way, your kids will turn out bad. It's a complete myth, a complete Mm -hmm. myth. You can be kind and compassionate and engaging and connect with your kids and teach them right from wrong and teach them healthy ways to communicate. In fact, I would argue, more so than the other yeah. way. Yeah, but yeah. I think we all know that we're human. And yes. so there there are things that you have struggled with in parenting, in life, in our marriage. Let's talk a little about, about your struggle. Was there a point where you're like, I need help or I need support? Tell tell me more about that. Talk, talk to me about that. Probably one of the biggest struggles you and I have had in parenting is me wanting to control the way that you parent. I, I would consider myself to be a little bit of a softy in terms of I, I don't necessarily like to see anyone be uncomfortable. So one thing I don't like is suffering. I don't like when people are experiencing pain. I've been like that since I was little. And so, so sometimes with our kids, if I'm seeing them being disciplined, even in a healthy way or an appropriate way, but they're crying and they're having a breakdown, it like breaks my heart. And so I know mm-hmm. that for a while there, I was kind of stepping in when you were, when you were engaging with our kids in any sort of teaching moment if I, I would feel that anxiety of, oh, the child is amped up and escalated and I will come in and save the day or I'll come in and just be extra nice and kind. And, and that was certainly not healthy for our marriage and really not healthy for the kids to see. And so I think I made a, you know, we, I have no problem saying this. We have, we go to counseling. We love counseling. We were in marriage counseling, working through some of these things. And it was something I had to work really hard at was pulling back and saying, I trust my partner. I trust my wife. She's not, you know, in any way, shape or form, abusing or hurting the kids. In fact, right. in some ways, you know, you're, you're laying down, you know, you're, you're holding them. I, I don't know how maybe boundaries. Crazy. Yeah. You're really setting boundaries with boundaries. Them. Yeah. You helped me see that you have, you have to set boundaries at times. And I think I've come a long way in terms of allowing that. I still have relapses every once in a while, for the most part, I think, um, and I've learned a lot from you too, and how you've done that. Cause you're, you really are the expert in terms of the actual knowledge base of how to do trust-based relational intervention and trauma-based, you know, parenting. You have talked about, you you just talked about um, how it's hard for you to see our kids when they are sad, crying, upset, hurting, but that's actually okay for kids to feel that way. Yeah. It's how they are able to get through those big feelings. Yes. I have come to learn and embrace that all of these emotions are very important and valid and really necessary. They actually contribute to our kids becoming healthy, you know, adolescents, then into healthy adults when they're allowed to kind of experience the gamut of emotions and Uh that we can't, I can't always just come in and fix things. In fact, it's, it's almost unhealthy at times for me to come in and try to fix it or to make it go away in some ways because I'm uncomfortable or because I don't want to see their pain rather than walking them through it, talking them through it, like recognizing that there's times when I just can't fix things and I have to sit with them in that but that that actually is what's building emotional intelligence um, that will pay dividends for them in the rest of their life. And so, yeah, I think that has been a struggle and it's something I've come to embrace for sure. Do you think you've experienced your own hard stuff, whether as a child or an adult that has led you to be you using your words, a softy and having a hard time? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we we've talked about that before. We we come from very different backgrounds. You come from one of like a lot more trauma, I would say. And I know we've talked a lot about my own history. And so I do think that some of like my childhood in terms of being quasi healthy, pretty healthy, not a lot of, you know, there wasn't a lot of there was no domestic violence. There was no substance abuse. Right. There was, my parents almost never fought in front of us, which you know we've talked about. Sometimes it's healthy to do, but um, so I think that that had led to a lot of my discomfort when I was seeing that in our marriage or in our kids. I didn't maybe know how to handle it. I didn't like. I just hadn't been emotionally prepared of how to walk through some of these things. And I know one thing you have taught me a lot that comes from probably Karen Purvis and some other people, but is this idea is that re- repair is actually more important and can be more powerful than if the disruption never happens. And that was really hard for me to, to get my arms around. Do you want to kind of explain that kind of the mm-hmm. hair versus? Yeah, know? we just, we just know that if we are perfect parents and never do anything wrong and are always on the, on the, um, the right foot and, and, Um, handling situations just perfectly every time then our kids don't get to experience what a rupture is they don't get to experience what happens when there's a disagreement when there's conflict and then following on those same lines they don't get to experience what it is to repair in a relationship so then they grow up to be adults that are uncomfortable with any kind of conflict and who don't know how to repair that relationship and may just walk away from relationships that have the potential to be healthy in their lives. So um, we do know that rupture and repair is part of what our brain needs as a child to learn that skill and again, grow our emotional intelligence so that we can be health in, in relationships in a healthier way as adults. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I just, I didn't really experience a lot of rupture growing up. And so I didn't experience mm-hmm. that repair and I just didn't know really what to do with it. And, and so my kind of, my goal was to avoid suffering at all costs. And mm-hmm. I've just really learned probably even embraced in the last two to three years, this idea that, nope, this stuff is going to happen and we're going to walk through it. And especially if I make a mistake, especially if, you know, we've kind of presented here like, oh, John is so great and kind all the time, but I certainly have my moments where, you know, I'm, I'm quick to judge or quick to not yeah. listen. And, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, listen. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and so the ability just to tell my own children, Hey, dad totally blew it there. Dad messed up. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Will you forgive me? It really does create a positive bond that wouldn't have happened had there not been that that rupture so yeah yeah that's good okay well we are coming to the end of our time what so i know (laughs) to drop on people (laughs) well so i was gonna ask do you have any last thoughts before i do our final questions yeah i think probably the biggest thing that I would, and I want to be clear, I'm, I'm sort of what I'm going to call myself like a lay person, right? So I don't have a degree in child development. You are the sort of the expert. I'm sort of, I'm just a person. I'm a dad mm-hmm. and I'm learning how to parent. I have experience in, in child welfare, child abuse. I do some research, but I also am just, I have lived experience of just living and raising kids and making mistakes and learning and growing. And so I think that the, the most important thing that I would want our listeners to understand is that there are there are better ways for almost everyone to parent. There are ways that are 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 better for our kids than we're doing right now. We can always learn and grow, and mm-hmm. we shouldn't be afraid of research. We shouldn't be afraid of learning new skills and techniques. And I think that 
Um, a lot of people that I've been around or know, you know, they pass on parenting styles that they have learned from their own parents. And a lot of times people just are unwilling to, to change, honestly, because it's right. hard. And it I think, is. Change and, is hard. And I don't want to keep harping on like the corporal punishment thing. I think that's maybe even a podcast for another day, a whole conversation yeah. of that, because it's near and dear to my heart in mm-hmm. terms of, of particularly, well, parents, honestly, just not hitting their children as a form of discipline. But I think that sometimes we have to be humble enough to say, hey, if the research is saying this, I want to be open to that. And I think that we we take things into our life. And, you know, it's, and it, it, this is probably a bad example, but it's like at a certain point in life, tobacco was viewed as good. And there are people uh-huh. that would say, hey, take tobacco because that's actually what will heal these things. And I know people uh-huh. who say like, well, my grandpa smoked a pack a day for, you know, 50 years and it actually made him stronger. And it's like, we know that all the research right now says tobacco is not good for you. Like that's nobody debates now whether smoking is is good for you. And what I would want our listeners to hear is that the same thing is true of, of spanking of corporal punishment. All of the research says it is not good. It is not healthy. Uh-huh. It leads to anxiety. It leads to depression. It leads to anger issues with kids. It leads to all kinds of stuff. And so I think we as a society need to be humble enough to receive that information, to listen to the experts and say, hey, if this is true, I want what's best for my kids. I want what's best. How can I help my kids? I think the goal of everyone is for their kids to be successful, to be healthy and, and loved and successful. If there are other ways to do that, then I think we need to be really open to those. And so that's, I guess, yeah. my encouragement for people. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's good. Thanks. Um, okay. So I like to wrap the show up with asking what are three resources that you yourself have used that you would recommend for families who are maybe just starting their journey of healing or in the thick of it or on the roller coaster of this thing we call parenting? <laughs> Gosh, that's a good question. Um, Thanks. I mean, I, if I'm being completely honest, I learn a lot through you. So first of all, I would certainly say mm-hmm. follow Melissa. You probably already are if you're listening to this, but if you're not, follow Melissa at Mending Families because she puts in the work. She reads the research. She does the trainings. And then I kind of just glean onto a lot of those, um, which is, that's the truth. I'd like to sit here and say, oh, I, I'm an avid reader of all these books. I'm just not, you guys. I can tell you all about sports and basketball and football. Yeah, that's Can't good. Can't tell you a lot of authors that I've read <laughs> because I just learn it through my wife. So yeah, I think you're one. Um, there is a, a a woman that I follow on Instagram named uh, uh-huh. Brooklyn Lynn Dukes. Um, I could probably, uh, yeah, or maybe Brooke, uh, B-R, yeah, Brooke. Lynn Dukes, D-U-K-E-S. And she's kind of a parent educator and coach. I stumbled upon her at some point and she just has really great short videos and answers questions from people all the time. Kind of similar stuff to what you do. My kid's doing this. What should I do? And I have just found her advice to be like spot on a lot of times. And then, yeah. And then, um, and then specifically regarding if people do want to read more about sort of corporal punishment and especially maybe in the faith-based world, there's a gentleman that I mentioned earlier named Victor uh, Vith, and that's V-I-E-T-H, Victor Vith, and he's a, a former, uh, or an, he is an attorney, a former prosecutor, um, also a theologian, and he's an expert in child abuse and corporal punishment, and he has just some really good books and information, um, even just about statistics, about here's what we know, how many people use corporal punishment, here's the effects of it, um, but he, he does it in a very I'm going to say sort of impartial way. He kind of gives the information and I've just like gone back to his stuff multiple times when I'm revisiting okay. this topic. So 
Yeah. And I'll make sure that I put that stuff in the show notes so that okay. people can easily find um, the Instagram Brooks Instagram and then Victor's information. I will link that and that those all sound like great resources. So I appreciate you sharing. So You're welcome. we've come to the end of our first episode and I'm so thankful that it was you and I appreciate all that you shared with us today. So congratulations on episode number one. I Thank hope you, you have thousands of them. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. How fun was that? I was so thankful that John was willing to be my first guest on Mending Families, and I hope you all enjoyed everything he had to say as much as I did. If you could please do me a favor and go subscribe, share with your friends, and give me a review on this podcast, that would be so helpful so more people can find mending families and the amazing content that I plan to bring. I'm so excited that you found this podcast and I hope you join me every week as you go through your own journey towards healing. One thing I truly believe in is that trauma awareness is so important to our future generations and it starts with you.